empty backfield. Dak Prescott a run all the way, and he's got a big opening. And a stiff arm, Dak Prescott. This is what he does better than anybody in the SEC. Touchdown. The pick is up. And it is no good. There are flags all over the field. The Bulldogs are celebrating. The result of the play is a touchdown. After the play, unsportsmanlike conduct on all players from both teams. Snap to Wallace. Baker, he keeps it, and he runs it to the five. In the end zone. Pick it up and run it out of the rear of the end zone. And it's a ball game that's in the record book. Bulldogs have won it 17-10 to 10 in overtime. What's up, Bulldog fans? It's your boy, Dogs Today, here with my co-host, Matty Light. We have a special guest on us, uh, on the pod with us this week. Uh, it is your boy, the man, the myth, the legend, Kyle Ferry. Kyle, what's going on, man? What's up? How are you? I'm yeah. proud to be here. I think it's going to be super fun. Huge Twitter personality, uh, up-and-coming podcast star, and I do believe he does kick footballs every once in a while. That's what I hear. <laughs> Kyle, your uh, Twitter emergence has been kind of taken off the last month or so. What what has inspired that? Has it just been the off-season you just got Twitter fingers? Yeah, well, I've always had social media fingers. Um and it kind of gets shut down during the season. One, you're just so busy. And two, it kind of just depends on who's in charge. So uh, Coach Odom is very pro-social media. Definitely the only coach I've ever had, throughout, even throughout high school, that's pro-social media. So, you know, I, I kind of – the first phone call we had, it's kind of funny. He was like, do you have any questions for me? And the first question I asked him was, do you care if I stay on Twitter? <laughs> and – uh like stay active on Twitter and whatnot. And he was like, absolutely. You know, you only have this platform for, you no, know, I only have it for three more years, really. So, you know, I've got, I want to make the most of it and, you know, make sure that college athletes know that, you know, you're not too big to, to interact with people and have fun, uh, especially uh, with Twitter and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so kind of building off that, uh, the whole, Twitter thing and being able to have a presence on Twitter and social media as a college athlete. Um, you know, that's, it's kind of always been there. Um, especially, you know, not, not always, but in the past couple of years, it's, it's definitely taken off with the whole NIL thing and kind of building your brand as a college athlete. And I know I, I, cause I just listened to your podcast this morning and I know, you know, you were saying that you weren't really a, a college football fan. Uh, you, you followed NFL for a little bit uh, as a Colts fan, and that's awesome because uh, I grew up a Colts fan, and by Colts fan, I really mean Peyton fan. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I just kind of had a question going into the, the NIL stuff and building your brand. Like you said, you weren't really a part of a college football world up until about two, three years ago, and... So you don't really, I guess you're you're kind of you're a younger guy. Of course, you're a freshman this year, so you, you don't really have um, uh, memories of pre NIL and pre this crazy transfer portal and 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 all that. And, and if you do, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's just the kind of the assumption I have. So I was just kind of going off of that and gonna ask you your thoughts of how NIL has kind of consumed college football. I mean, you see uh, uh, Quinson 
Quinshawn Junkins, his mom wants more money. Ole Miss isn't willing to pay, and he just dips, you know, after the bowl game and has already committed to Ohio State this morning. So, you know, stuff like that is just getting crazy um, because these kids want more money. And like with the brand and the and the um, and the Twitter presence and all that, I know this is a really long winded way to ask this, um, but also in the in your podcast, I heard you say, you know, hey, we're just kids, and in a sense, you very much are. You're you know, you're just a college athlete playing the game. And, and in your sense, you're playing for the school that you wanted to play for. And that's a beautiful thing. But I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts of like, has this NIL and, 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 and all of this money in the game kind of forced college athletes to grow up a little bit in the sense of, yeah, they're still kids, but in the sense of some of these guys, not you, of course, but some of these guys that are going to the next team that'll pay them the most money. I mean, are they playing for the love of the game and just doing it as a kid that wants to play football, or is it something more, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I hope I sound better. Yeah, you're good. Um, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I think that's a great question. Um, NIL is a good thing. I think it, it means well. You know, it's like your grandma at a funeral talking to you, and she says something kind of insulting, but she means well. I think that's kind. Of, I think I think that's nil. I think nil comes across insulting uh, to some people, especially with you know guys leaving schools to go get more money like Junkins, which I mean, don't I think to me hate the game, not the player. Um, I think yeah. for Junkins, you know, he's playing the game and mm-hmm. absolutely uh, it worked. Obviously, it worked because he got the money he wanted. Because I think he was definitely. Ole Miss is weirdly, I think, where he wants to be, whether he says it or not. And so them not giving his money, I think he entered the portal hoping they would come in with an offer. But right. I'm guessing Ohio State matched it very quickly because yeah. he committed very fast. Yeah. So I think NIL as a whole is great. I mean, you're talking to a guy who came into college um, on going into fall camp. You know, we're talking three weeks before the season started. I was fourth on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. So – not on scholarship, nothing. And so, like, you're talking to a guy who just loves college football. Yeah. And just loves – but just wanted to play for Mississippi State. I honestly don't care about scholarships that much. Like, of course, you know, you want to be on. But if it was to play or get money, I'm, I'm playing seven days yeah. a week. Yeah, for and sure. Weirdly, and weirdly enough, I don't think – honestly, they could swear on the oath of themselves. I don't think 50% of college athletes – would they would take the money before they'd take the playing time, which I think is where NIL has got it wrong. That's yeah. so wild. I think, I think these guys are really more worried about um, getting money than they are setting records or winning football games. You know, as long <laughs> as they're getting the check, it doesn't really matter if we win at that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. But I do think, you know, NIL is a big talked about topic on social media, especially on Twitter with everyone going nuts about it. But in the locker room, nobody talks about it. Like nobody's looking at Will Rogers going, and that dude makes, you know, half a million dollars. And, you know, he's hurt right now, but he's still getting paid. You know, nobody, nobody envies Will Rogers for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, nobody walks around like, man, Isaac Smith's got, a, got some money in his pocket, you know, as a freshman, whatever. You know, that doesn't go through your head. Like, nobody talks about that in the locker room. Nobody gets mad that some dude's getting money, you know? Just, that's what I think, that's where people 
on social media kind of, you know, take a take a left turn with it is like it is not a locker room issue. If, if that's that's one thing I can say full heartedly, this is not a NIL is not a locker room issue. You know, maybe at least at Mississippi State it's not, which I which that's all I can speak for. But you know, I can't imagine many schools are much different. You know, like I'm not sitting here, you know, week seven or after Southern Miss going, man, I just won SC Freshman of the Week two times, and I'm not on scholarship, and some of these guys are getting paid a bunch of money, and, you know, I'm performing really well, and nothing's happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but like, that's not a thing. Like, you're a team before money comes involved. Like, you commit to the school, not the money, in my opinion. But I do think it benefits more than it does not benefit. Um, especially, I do think it is getting out of hand. I will say that, but I am, I'm a pro NIL player and that's coming from a guy who doesn't have a lot of NIL money. And so I think that that speaks volumes to what NIL is college athletics. Um, I definitely yeah. think it, it's trending in a, and not in a good way, especially with guys thinking they can just get up and leave. I think there's they've got to implement a rule pretty soon before it really gets out of hand. And it's basically just the NFL. Yeah. yeah I mean, I've, I've always said, and you can let me know if I'm poppy during this question too, because you started popping in, but I'll ask this question uh, and then we'll talk about it. I've always said in the last couple of years or so that I think the portal uh, regulations and the portal windows are the problem and, and NIL gets blamed for it. Uh, yeah. Now there's exceptions to that, but I think, if you move the portal windows um, to like after the season or whatever, after bowl season, and then, you know, have it to where guys can't just get up after playing two years at Mississippi state, three years at Mississippi state and go to Ole Miss and be immediately eligible. I think that that leaves way too much room for tampering, but people like to say, Oh, it's an NIL problem. Uh, if that makes sense. I, I feel like it, if you address the portal, it may, fix a lot of what we assume is an NIL issue. Yeah, so I, I'm in I'm in agreement with you guys about I, I feel like the, the portal itself and the way it's structured is in a way a, a bad thing because of the tampering and because it gives so much room for kids to move around and play schools against each other uh, for NIL money. And I don't think that's particularly a good thing. I think a little bit of that is, okay, you know, I'm a free market guy, uh, but uh, I, I, I think it's gotten a little out of hand. And I kind of wanted to ask Kyle this, or not really, it's not really a question, but more of a, earlier you said, you know, hate the game, not the player. Like, yeah, Quinshawn left, he went to Ohio State, he got his bag, you know, good on him. It's, uh, you know, he's been put in this situation and, you know, why not use all the means at your disposal to get as much money and as much, you know, publicity as you can uh, as a football player, because that helps you, you know, uh, when you do transfer to the NFL at some point, which I assume he probably will. Um, and, you know, that's kind of, it kind of goes into me hating Lane Kiffin and me hating Ole Miss, but man, Kiffin has done an outstanding job in the situation that he has been put in with this NIL and this transfer portal to bring in a heck of a lot of good football players. And it, you know, it, it helps their team. I mean, I mean, they're, this is the second new year, six bowl in three years that they've been to. Um, so you can't really argue that he's 
playing the system to his benefit. And I mean, you know, as long as it's legal, there's nothing wrong with that. I wish, you know, some other people would do that. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, that's just kind of my thoughts on it. I, I feel like it has gotten a little bit out of hand, but I, I do agree that it's more of the portal problem instead of the NIL problem. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, I think, honestly, I think Lane Kiffin has done a, an exceptional job. I mean, obviously, you know, you're not ranked number one in the portal if you haven't done a great job. Um, but I think more impressively than him, Coach Levy's done a, done a really good job. Um, I've been certainly impressed at home. Uh, I only met him twice before, you know, it was time to leave. And uh, once you're playing college football every day, um, it's nice to get home and get away from it and be around your family. So I, I dipped pretty fast. Um, so I think Coach Levy's done a great job with this transfer portal stuff. I mean, obviously, it's not a it's not a secret that Ole Miss has more money than Mississippi State does in their NIL collectives and whatnot. Whether it's legal or not, they have it more than we do, um, or at least they're flaunting it more than we are. Um, so I think with what he has and what he came into, he's done an exceptional job just formulating a, a recruiting class and getting these, not necessarily these well-known, high-prolific players like you know, Nolan or whatever, but he's getting these guys who are kind of under the radar, which I think is what Mississippi State is. We're under the radar guys who are tough nose and we love to play. And I think that's what makes Davis Wade Stadium and Mississippi State football so special is, you know, you have the, yeah, you have the Chris Jones five stars, but, you know, you go get the Dax that, you know, people are kind of unsure about, and then they turn into stars, you know, and I think that's what Mississippi State's about. So you're going and getting these UTEP receivers but they have tons of tons of experience and they have the stats, you know, but not everyone's going and getting them. And I think that's going to be really crucial for coach Levy is, you know, we're at a, we're a pretty big school and we're in the best conference in college football and probably in college athletics across the board, we sweep. So I think going and getting these guys and showing him that they, that he trusts them and whatnot, I think that's going to be really, really good. Whether than bringing in these big high prolific players who, you know, think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, I think that that forms more locker cancers than bringing in these guys who are just, they have their back against the wall and they're ready to go to work. Well, that's interesting you say that because I, I had a question later on down the line, uh, but it kind of fits in right here. With the NIL and with the transfer portal like it is, kind of how you were saying, I mean, you grew up, and by grow up, I mean, in the last couple of years, you said your stepfather kind of got you looking at Mississippi State and you become a very big Mississippi State fan. And all you want to do is come play football at Mississippi State. And, you know, before the transfer portal and the NIL stuff, a lot of these teams were made up of guys that came to Mississippi State and played for Mississippi State for three, four years. Same with Ole Miss, same with LSU, you know. And it's only in the past, you know, four or five years that you have a basically, I mean, like some teams like Ole Miss, you have. 80% of your roster or 60% of your roster are guys that weren't there last year, you know? So it's like, maybe, maybe those numbers are blown out of proportion, but it kind of just seems that way that, that a lot of these guys are here for a year and gone for a year, here for a year and gone for a year. And I kind of wanted to ask your opinion on that. Does that like with the locker room and you say it could, could cause problems and stuff. 
some of these guys that are here for a year that, okay, they got their bag from this, this school that they want to play for. Is there a difference in their mentality in the locker room and how they play football and how they play for the team that they're at because of that? Uh, do you think, I don't know if you have any firsthand experience with this, but I just kind of just a thought of like, are we going to have egg bowls that the entire team hates the entire team because they grew up hating the entire team on the other side, right? Where it's not some guy from, you know, California that they brought in this year and he's never heard of the egg bowl until this year kind of thing. I mean, are they going to play with the same <laughs> finacity and, 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 and a hard nose kind of mentality because of the hatred for the other guys on the other side? And I was, I was just kind of wondering if you thought what your thoughts on that were. Yeah, I think that's a great question, especially, you know, with this transfer portal stuff and whatnot. I think, I mean, I would hope to God when you commit to a Mississippi school, uh, well, not Southern Miss, but when you commit to Old Mississippi <laughs> State, like when you commit to one of those schools, surely you know what that game means. Like, and I feel like you, when you commit to Ole Miss or Mississippi State, you already hate the other school. Like that, that's the reason you didn't go to that school. Except unless your name's Maliki. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Like uh, across the board, usually, you know. Yeah. You would think so, especially especially for the Mississippi kids. And, you know, people always said uh, that Maliki, like, wanted to go to Ole Miss in the first place. Well, like, he was committed to state before he went to JUCO. That never really made sense to me. Um, He wasn't playing uh, the role that he wasn't starting really at state in 21 and he went to 22 and had a great year and I get it. But like, well, I'm with you, man. You would think that, um, especially the in-state guys would have a, a, it would be in their blood to never want to step a a foot on in Oxford's campus unless they were playing a road game. I I just, I can't comprehend it. Um, And that, that, those are the things that kind of make it feel professional-ish because I feel like that, rarely or seldomly happened uh 10 plus years ago um but i digress you know you're talking about uh uh a little bit um what is the the transition been like um for you uh individually and just a a team um with the new coaching staff coming in uh this fall and just you know what's different uh what has surprised you and what are your thoughts i think everything's different um when it comes to, you know, the top to the bottom, everything has changed. Uh, strength staff changed so that the strength staff changing really changes everything. Um, right. Everything kind of goes through those guys, uh, whether people know that or not. I think that's one thing that, you know, you get from a player's standpoint is the strength staff is really the the glue of the program. You know, they're the, they're the middle ground between a coach and a player. Mm-hmm. So they really get you ready to go. Like when something, when you hit adversity, you're looking at your strength coach ready to go. You know, mm-hmm. your, your coaches can only do so much through the summer, uh, through the spring. You're with those strength guys all the time. So I think with the strength staff changing, and like we haven't met any of those guys. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think they're great. They're great people so far. Every guy is hired has been such a great person. And I think they, they, um, resemble what he's a what he's for and what he's about right so i think everything that he said he's lived up to his word 
So I think, you know, everything he said to our team and everything like that has lived up to what he said he was going to do. Six, seven weeks later, it's still the same. And uh, I think personally, it was scary. Um, losing, not necessarily Arnett, because Arnett didn't recruit me or anything like that. Right. And honestly, Arnett probably didn't even know who I was till week one, <laughs> uh, for being honest. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just true. Uh, I think, you know, he, he was proud of me. So I think that's kind of when he figured out who I was because he didn't want to kick a field goal longer. I don't know if I, if I hadn't told this story on my podcast, but they told me for the first two weeks, we were not going to kick a field goal longer than 40 yards. And then you did your very and first we game. Were just, and then in two games, those first two games, we kicked three 40 plus. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I kind of earned the trust pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of got his attention. So I think that's really when he figured out who I was. Um, and then, but it was scarier when Mealy got the nod. Um, for me, that was kind of the guy. That was my guy. Still yeah. is. I love him. And, you know, went, went, once Arnett went, I was like, crap, you know, this is not good. Like, Mealy's probably going to go. Like, what's next for me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd kind of talk to Mealy about everything and like, you know, it was it was kind of the the thing remained the same of, you know, I'm here and I committed to this school before mm-hmm. I committed to a coach. And so you really got to look at that um, from a standpoint the last two years now of, you know, th- there was there was a, arguably nobody more excited than me to play for Coach Leach. Right. Um, especially being a Mississippi State fan, you know, yeah, he didn't recruit me very much, but because um, you know his, his fiasco with kickers, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it was just the the stories you were gonna have playing for him 100%. could last a lifetime. I just last a lifetime. Like I just sat during practice sometimes with the equipment people, which I love those guys so much. They're really behind the scenes guys. So shout out to our EQ staff. They're they're awesome people and. Really make Saturdays Saturdays, you know. Without them, we don't have water, footballs. You kind of need those to play. Um, you know, jerseys. Everything's laid out in our locker, which is new to me. Go- coming from a small school, you know, you don't have to do your own laundry. That's super nice. There so you, you know, just hanging out with those guys is hanging out with those guys is super fun. You know, letting them feel seen and whatnot. So I uh, really appreciate those guys. But you know, they would just tell stories during practice to me about. Just random crap. How he just slept through practice one day. It was the um, it was the LSU week I think last year. Bro just slept in his like in his office. He didn't even come to practice. <laughs> like like stuff like that would have just been incredible to talk about. But as I get deeper in this rabbit hole, I'll start climbing out. But you know that was a that was a weird thing. You know with Leach going, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like one that sucks, but two like now is Mealy gone and. Now is my offer pulled because I didn't sign early signing day. Mm-hmm. I wanted to sign with my whole school in February yeah. and whatnot. Right. So I was like, crap, now I'm kind of wishing I signed. Uh, but, you know, Mealy stayed, so that was that was huge. And then uh, now we're here again, and Mealy finally gets the nod, and I was sick to my stomach. I was just like, there. I just can't believe he's gone, you know. Uh, the guy who recruits you, the guy who brings you here, the guy who trusts you is a – as a teenage kid to go out and do your job. And, you know, his job's on the line, every field goal, uh, in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. it, and these guys don't, these guys aren't making a stipend. Uh, so like, 
Yeah. You know, you're, he, he's putting his, his job on, on my, essentially on my shoulders, you know, and he trusts me enough to do that. So that meant a lot to me. And so that's, that's really where my love developed for him. And, uh, Every, every Saturday, I just wanted to make him proud. Uh, of course, my family and my university, but really watching him celebrate and stuff after field goals just meant the, meant the absolute world to me. And uh, so to see him go, I was really nervous. Um, but And then the special teams coordinator, I guess nobody noticed this, but he, they were it was the last position to get hired. And so it, it was about two weeks after the last coach got hired. So for two weeks... Everyone has their coach. Everyone knows if they're staying. And then there's me on an island. So I think that was a really down moment for me mentally and physically. Just because, you know, it's pretty it's pretty evident that I love this place. So I just really wanted to make sure that I was staying. And I was implemented in this program and everything like that. And then, you know, I was on a – my sister lives in Dallas. So I was visiting her in Dallas when I get a text – and, hey, this is Coach Odom. I'm going to be your new special teams coordinator. Oh, your first person I'm reaching out to. The, the fans don't know. Nobody knows. Uh, I want to give you a call. That's cool. So me and him talk on the phone for an hour and a half. And that really just, I don't know. Man, it literally felt like I was sitting on top of the world after that phone call, which I don't know if Coach Odom knows how much that meant to me, uh, like where I was uh, mentally. Mm-hmm. with this whole situation and so after that phone call you know we he talked to my parents for like 30 minutes on that call we were all together and whatnot and you know he just was a very personal guy which is what you need and he's very lay low as well which as a special teams coordinator you can't be mr scream in your face and whatnot to a kicker right. you know yeah you kind of got a middle a middle game right absolutely and we're we're soft I mean that's just <laughs> that's just the facts. I mean we're not we're not smoking people. I'm not breaking my neck every Saturday, you know. Now I am putting my life on the line because if you miss a field can, goal, it is yeah, it yeah, is you can get crushed. Right. Absolutely, yep. but but you know you, you go into that knowing it, so it's not a big deal. But I think that's really uh, uh that's probably a lot more than what you wanted. But um, that was definitely the full story for me. Uh, very down mentally, and now we're sitting on top of the world and. Spring can't get here soon enough. I'm ready to go to work. No, nah, man, that's that's great insight, and I can't imagine how big of a, a weight off that sho- the shoulders it was for you uh, when you got that phone call uh, from your new coach, especially you know you being the first guy that he called. I think that's that's pretty special. Uh, kind of shows what kind of person he is. Um, I guess fo- following that up, uh, y- you know, you've been through 2023. You got a, a rare experience that a lot of freshmen don't get um in the amount of playing time that you got uh you're t- you know we were talking about earlier before when we got on you're in a, a dorm full of like all freshmen most of them don't get to play so they're pr- probably pretty rowdy they can't keep you up late at night but you've probably got to be around a lot of them meet a lot of them who are some guys in your class and uh that did not get to play or have a big impact in 2023 that you could see having a big impact a big sophomore jump uh, this upcoming fall. Um, I think one guy, unfortunately, he he transferred to Southern Miss, but Will James was going to be really, really good. Uh, he had a real good chance to get on get on the field this year, and you know, playing behind Sean Preston, that's super tough. Mm-hmm. To, 
to see right. some playing time. But right. uh, I think he was going to be really, really good. Um, he went to Southern? I'm trying to think here. I think he did. Uh, which, you know, I talked to him when he entered the portal. He entered the portal the day after Arnett got fired. Okay, and so the was writing was like, kind of what are you? Me and him. <laughs> uh, but absolutely. But like me and him were, me and him were probably the closest um, in our group. Like he was probably the one I was closest to besides Carson. Yeah. Uh, my roommate who portaled out as well. But I was kind of like, man, I don't, I don't know if I agree with this decision that you're making. Like, I really think you're, you're a fantastic football player. Like you will play here. You just have to, I think guys get discouraged across the country. If you don't play as a true freshman, which kind of, I don't know, just, I don't know if it sits uneasy with me, but it's also easy for me to talk about because I got to play. Right. Uh, so I've never been in those, those shoes, but you know, playing in the Southeastern conferences is, is your chances are slim to none to do it. I mean, the, the percentage of people that get to do it are very slim. So to get discouraged that you're not playing your, your true freshman year is, you know, kind of, I don't know, shaky to me think you really got it especially if you're on scholarship you know give it another year and see um but you know it's not my decision to make and you know we got to move on from it but uh, i think one of the defensive linemen has a really good chance to you know make a big impact i think you got gabe moore who could be really good uh who else who's with him all the time caleb bryant caleb bryant could be good too both of them ended up traveling I think Bryce Pollock is going to make more of a, a jump on defense. I think he really made his name known on special teams, on punt and kickoff. But look for him to get, you know, a lot more plugged into this defense and, you know, really start getting his name called on Saturdays. Uh, Creed as well. I think Creed's going to be really good. Yeah, for sure. Creed's a great teammate, so so stuff's lining up for him. Uh, don't really know what the quarterback situation is, honestly. Haven't really seen shape and play that much i mean obviously he's good uh, if he's on our roster he's you're good i mean that's just the bottom line but you know i think chris if he plays he's gonna i think he's settled down now um which i get i get those nerves you know you have and playing quarterback i'm not even comparing it to kicking the football at all um, right. i don't want people to think that but i do understand the nerves of it now luckily for me my first game was in front of our home crowd and his first game was in front of 104,000 people on Kyle Field so <laughs> that's a bit different too yeah for sure uh, you know I think he really settled down he matured a lot um, after that first game so I expect him to be you know if he ends up playing and winning the job uh, he's with Levy's offense you know uh, he could be really really good I think really anybody on offense has a chance to be good uh, but that's really where I think, you know, the freshman, once again, I was only with them for the summer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as a kicker, you're not really around. I, I really tried to implement myself at practice. I tried to watch practice, you know, be around other position groups because uh, you need these guys to know who you are uh, because you're once again in such a hero or zero position. Yeah. So if these guys know who you are outside of kicking a football, that, that really helps you out, which is why I think being on social media helps me as a kicker because if these guys know who I am and know that, you know, I'm a fun person to interact with and a fun guy to be around, and I'm not just a kicker and I'm not just a college football player, I think that one speaks volumes about, you know, who I am as a person and who I want to be and who I'm striving to be. And also, you know, people have my back. And that's really, 
no, I have I have Mississippi State's back. I have my teammates' backs. So really, I want that to be, you know, mirrored. So being around guys and letting them know who I am, and that you know I I know football and I'm not just some nerdy kid who can kick a ball. Uh, I think goes a long way. So uh, that's really that's really my goal at practice and stuff. But still, I'm not around everyone as much as I would like to be, or as much as most other people are. So. I really only got to see this summer and who works really hard and who's who's just God gifted. Uh, I think that goes a long way as well in college football. You just got to be God gifted. Yeah, and I'm sure you're going to learn a ton in spring ball. I would imagine. Yeah, and it, absolutely. It, it's it's funny that you say that um, because I was actually thinking about this a couple weeks ago. I was I was reading one of your threads or maybe it wasn't your tweet, but it was some some thread or something that you were responding to and. And, and reading through you, interacting with some of our fans. And then also just the overwhelming Twitter kind of movement that's kind of gotten behind you from our fan base. You know, I mean, you still have some dickheads around there that talk shit for no reason. But, like, for the most part on Twitter this year, I have seen a lot of our fan base saying, you know, Kyle Ferry for Heisman. And, and like, uh, like, a lot of guys <laughs> that have really really gotten behind you as a as a kicker for us and as a player and just as a as a good dude on twitter and from my entire experience you know and i'm saying this as a 27 year old guy like I'm, i haven't been around forever but especially with our fan base i have never seen any of our guys get behind a place kicker like that uh and and actually you know really love to interact with you and, 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 and prop you up. Uh, you know, even if you miss one here and there, like no one really, as far as I saw, no one really dogged you as much as like, I mean, you've been a Mississippi state fan long enough. I listened to your podcast to know that we haven't always had the best field goal kickers. And I have seen those kids get absolutely crucified on Twitter, uh, from our fan base, because I mean, like you said, it's a hero or zero, like no one, usually knows the kicker's name until he loses a game for you, right? And misses the tie, the, the game time field goal at the very end of the game. And then you're like, oh, who is this kid? Fuck him, you know? Um, but, like, I haven't mm-hmm. seen that with you because of what you said. You're, you've been on Twitter. You've been interacting with these guys. You've been getting your name out there. And a lot of our fan base has fallen in love for you, with you for that. And I think that's a great thing because, you know, like, yeah, I was mad at that. 20 what was that 2019 2020 arkansas game where you mentioned it on your podcast we missed three field goals at 21 oh 21 i was pretty upset i'm not gonna lie i was pretty upset about that but i wasn't on twitter you know crucifying the kicker or anything but uh (laughs) it, it is really nice to see that our fan base has kind of made friends with you so you know you, I mean, I'm sure if you stick around, we're, we're, you, you know, you're going to have ups and downs. And I just I'm glad that hopefully our fan base is going to be, you know, pick you up when you're down instead of kick you when you're down kind of thing. And I, I think that's a really good thing. Absolutely. And I think going off what you said, you know, and I'm a I'm a normal person. Like, I'm not one of these freak heads who thinks like you're not allowed to bash a player like after the Egg Bowl. I did not perform that I'm supposed to form and I get put in a jersey to make field goals and I understand that you know so I understand these people being upset with me like obviously you know not that we would have won the game if I make those two field goals because that that was my mindset like it didn't make a difference yeah but you know I under 
Yeah, but I understand where these people are coming from, in a sense. You know, I think it could be toned down a lot, you know, getting told that yeah. they're going to find where I live and stuff is a bit a bit extreme. Uh, but, no, I, I understand people being upset. Like, that's that's part of college football. Like, you're a fan. If you weren't a fan and you – like, if you are a true Mississippi State fan, you were upset with me on Thanksgiving night. I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line. I would hope you were. I mean, that, that motivates me when, you know, like I said, I wanted to make Coach Mealy happy. I wanted to hear those cowbells ring more than anybody when I'm jogging off the field. So, like, I understand, you know, if you do not perform in this league, you will get bashed. I mean, that's the bottom line. So, like, you are I am real not one. one of these guys who – yeah, like, I'm not one of these guys who thinks that, oh, my gosh, you know, whatever. I led the team in scoring. Why are these people bashing me after one bad game? Like, I only really – when I look back on the season, I have two games I wish I could go back and play again, Arkansas and Ole Miss. Besides that, I mean, I, I was 86% in those mm -hmm. other games besides those two. Mm -hmm. you know, so, like, really, I I'm not upset with having two bad games in my freshman year. I mean, that's, that's pretty good, which is why when people bash me, I just kind of say, no, I'm never mad or anything, but I do mental health training once a week. I think after the Arkansas game uh, in 21. We had to get a sports psychiatrist because uh, the things that were said to that dude are so out of line. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not promoting people. <laughs> I didn't. Bashed. I didn't know that's when that started. Was after that game. That's interesting. Yeah, like I am not promoting getting bashing players, but I you're you're talking to a guy who understands. Uh, yeah. Now I understand some of it. Other times I'm like, oh my good lord! Like, yeah. That no, dude there's... who put out a diss track on Quinshawn Junkins, like, dude, you have crossed the line. Well, that's that's and just a also, guy with I, way too much time on his hands, is what that is. Exactly, exactly, it is. What but, about and this is a, this is theoretical. What about making a billboard meme for an opposing <laughs> recruit? This is just just theoretical, theoretical allegedly or anything yeah. of a of a picture that they took. Uh, <laughs> it's just I I don't know. It's getting a little out of hand now. I'm not gonna say I don't sit here and like the tweet and laugh, but. <laughs> I definitely am not promoting it. Uh, yeah. But I do think, you know, if you're a real fan, you do get upset at the game. Like, I used to cry when Mississippi State would lose games. Like, I'm not even I'm not even sad to say it. When the Colts used to lose, I would cry. I mean, I'm just get so implemented in things. Yeah. So, and, like, I understand. But also, coming now from a player, I've been both sides where I bash a kicker. I mean, that's why I'm kicking today. I bashed Ole Miss kicker when he missed the extra point. But I think now sitting as a player, yeah, Luke Logan. Oh man, I'll never forget that. Uh, don't say his name in Oxford. I, I live in I live here in Oxford now because of my job, and you don't say that name around here. They they are very upset about that. It's very Still. twofold yeah. for them though because they did get Kiffin yeah. out of that, yeah. but at the same time, yeah, that is true. One of the most embarrassing ways to lose. Uh, football game. But I yeah, I kind of oh go ahead. But I will say one more thing about the bashing people. Now coming from a player's standpoint, nobody, and I mean nobody, was more upset than me after the Egg Bowl. Like, I, didn't, I barely left the stadium that night. Like I, I went and was a, I'll get to this more on my podcast next week, but you know that night was a nightmare. I mean, like that's that game, you know, we talked about it in our specialist meetings know about you know everyone would say something about the game and you know I, I said egg bowl is the reason i'm here 
one, I, I hate Ole Miss so bad. Like, it, it just – it. Like, I'm already getting pissed off just thinking about them. <laughs> so, like, they, I didn't they respond have that, to any – They I was have that recruit, on people. Like, when I was getting recruited, I didn't answer their text. Like, there was no – like, there was no way I was going there. And, do you, think, you know, that was just – uh, Do you, right, do you think you took that loss worse than Will Rogers? Like, I, I think, obviously, he, he knew that he was leaving, but I think he hates Ole Miss as much as you do because of they did not recruit him, and he his family actually grew up an Ole Miss fam, and I'm sure you know the rest. Like, how mm-hmm. how how did he take that? And what, like, I'm sure you know, obviously, the week, the Egg Bowl week, it's short week, it's crazy. You know, what was what was the locker room like? After the game, because I mean, y'all put up a great fight. I mean, there was a lot of people thinking state was going to get smoked, uh, just because you know all the adversity we'd gone through, coaching change. Ole Miss had a good, great year. I mean, like you know, what is that like after the game's over? Um, to be honest, I don't really know. Uh, I kind of went away myself. Uh, I I actually I'll, I'll get to this later, but I I just sat there and bawled my eyes out in the locker room. So. Mm-hmm. I went and sat away in the, in the bathroom. Like I went and just sat in a stall and didn't move for a long time, just because I I was kind of just embarrassed with myself. Um, not that I lost the game, but it sure feels like that. Um, right. So that was a very low moment. Uh, so I don't really know how Will took it. I I'm not gonna compare my my um, he's played four egg bowls. I've only played one, so I can only imagine the way he took that loss. I'm not going to say that I took it worse than he did. But I took it pretty bad. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. I went and basically slept in the in the facility that night, and just I laid in the bathroom floor in the in the facility, and didn't move till about two a.m. After Dang. that game, I was just I, I I couldn't move. I just I just cried till I couldn't like there were no more like tears to come out. I was just couldn't believe that that had happened to me and happened to my team. You know. And so uh, I only knew those guys for like six months, but I loved them. I mean, you go to battle with them every day. We've been through so much. And so uh, I, I can't imagine what the locker room was like. I'm guessing people were pretty pissed off, but um, I don't really know. But I would say people are probably pissed and upset because there's – I don't care who you are. If Mississippi State goes I, – I would say if we weren't going to make a bowl game – I wouldn't even mind finishing one and eleven if we beat Ole Miss. Like I would almost rather go one and eleven than five and seven and lose the egg ball. And so I think that's really what sucks for most players is I think a lot of guys in that locker room agree. And I really hope they agree because that's really what Mississippi State's about. It's beating Ole Miss. I mean that's the bottom line. If you don't beat Ole Miss, you didn't have a good year. Whether you go eleven and one and you lose to Ole Miss, you didn't have a good year. Yeah, it's just I mean, a, a that's how it's going to be. In the that's how, right. yeah. and, and maybe you know, maybe that changes going forward. With if you go in eleven and one, and, and we lose to Ole Miss or vice versa, they did that to us. Like with the playoff now, you know, you're going to get in. So hopefully that isn't as daunting and as you know, just insult to your your year because. Uh, you know, I mean, 2014, you know, they were 10-2. Of course, they lost to Bama and Ole Miss. But 
maybe that maybe if they beat Ole Miss that year and they're eleven and one, maybe they get in the playoff. But you know, going forward, it's it's definitely going to be that way. So uh, I hope that that doesn't take away from the egg and and how much each team hates each other because that's that's truthfully what makes it the most. I'm sure this is biased to a sense, but the most important and uh, not or not important, but the most entertaining rivalry in college football. Um, all the in-state guys, all the hate, all the dramatic finishes, um, all the fights. I mean, all the penalties, all the great moments just in the last 10 years alone um, is truly unmatched. Uh, so that, that is, uh, that is a great point. Uh, Matt, you got anything? Well, I mean, not really uh, to tack onto the egg ball. I think you, you said it uh, all pretty much there. Uh, I just had something kind of going back to what you were saying with, you understand, you know, some people being upset about some things and, and the way they happened and, and, and all that stuff. And it kind of goes back to the thing I brought up before is, you know, you said, y'all are kids, you're, you're, you're playing the game that you love, and you take it harder than any of us do. Uh, and then you have to get on Twitter and see us bashing you as well. And, you know, I, I, I definitely think there's a fine line there. Uh, as fans, you know, of course, like you said, you understand some adversity and, and, and some people being upset about that things. And I, and I think some of that is okay. But of course, you know, there is a line uh, going too far saying you're going to find where you live, all that stuff that is just completely unnecessary. And I'm in 100% agreement with you. But kind of going back to what my co host was talking about earlier with the, the some other recruits and, and all this stuff. Um, there's a, a, a lot of people on Twitter that says you just cannot tweet recruits and you cannot uh, tweet players and you cannot do any of this because they're just kids. But when these kids are making, you know, six figure salaries to come play football at a college football or at a college, and then they're also on Twitter posting memes and shit talking other teams and, and, and doing all this, then in my opinion, that's fair game. I think you should be able to tweet them. Not whatever you want. Like I'm saying, there's still a line, but <laughs> I, I, I feel like if they're going to act like adults on Twitter, then they should be able to be spoken to like adults on Twitter. And that's where like, I, I, I feel like I, it pisses me off sometimes when they will say something that's out of line. But when you say something back, then you're in trouble for tweeting at kids. And I, I definitely think there's a line. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you should go out and death threat anybody or anything like that. But, I mean, if you're going to be on Twitter, it's a free speech platform now that Elon took over. I mean, you got to have some thicker skin. And, of course, you know that for, from your Twitter presence. And uh, so that, that's just my thoughts on the, on the, on the and, whole thing. And if you're going to decommit the day before signing day just to try and get your other school to pick you up just so you can flip back to the other school on signing day and make that school look bad, yeah, you get a billboard. Yeah. You get a bill. Yep, Especially when you have pictures but, of yourself looking like that on the internet. I mean, that's free game at that point. Well, anyway, uh, Kyle, man, um, you know, kind of wrapping up most of the stuff here. Tell us about uh, about your pod, your plans for the pod, you know, where you want to take it and um, kind of kind of what you're looking forward to doing going forward. That's all. This has kind of been something I've been wanting to do really since I got here. Um Kind of like it speaks to, you know, me being on Twitter and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I, I I think growing up just really wanted people to I don't know, get a get a behind the scenes, I guess. 
but really understand that you know we're more than just you know idiot football players you know like we, we have a life too we're we have a personality behind football you know so i think my first thing is you know bringing on other players i think once i get back to school this spring throughout the season you know we're going to bring other players on on the team you know that are funny or that people don't really hear from a lot yeah uh, just to kind of see where they are and whatnot and you know you can't really get that anywhere else that's really my my big thing i want to talk about things that you know other people can't talk about because they don't have the experience or they don't have the plugs really right you know not saying that i'm some cool guy but you know being able to bring other players on talk about you know i'm going to talk about my story uh, again more kind of I, I finished my first episode this monday about when i finally got to state in june of the of 23 so we're going to kind of go from june 23 to now uh that that'll drop on monday uh so kind of every monday at 7 a.m a new a new episode of the pod will drop uh but you know we're kind of just going to play with it for the first month or two just kind of figure out what kind of the people want to hear and want to see, but I think definitely bringing players on and whatnot will be super fun. Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, throughout the season, we're going to get something cool, you know, going maybe a live stream of, you know, players talking about the game on Friday night in the hotel. I think that could be super fun. Uh, and, you know, then we'll, of course we'll, we'll recap games on Sundays and drop on Monday. So I think Monday, every Monday, there will be a new episode. You know, we're kind of just, I have a ton of questions. People have asked me on Twitter a ton of questions. So, you know, just different things like that, implementing, you know, firsthand experience in the SEC. And, you know, you can't – answering questions, you can't just ask a regular a regular person who hasn't played football before. So that's kind of where we're going in that direction. It'll be super fun, and you'll definitely need to tune in because there will be some things that, you know, you can't hear it anywhere else. For sure. Uh, people eat up that like insider uh, info stuff that behind the scenes that we as the common people now don't get to see, you know, like what Roland Goad and, and Wally tried to do this last fall. I mean, they had a couple episodes and they were good. You know, if you take something that direction and actually stay consistent on it, it, it will probably explode for you very quickly uh, and hopefully becomes lucrative for you from a financial standpoint as well uh you know if the time comes for that um but I, I think those are all great ideas man i'm following as well uh so you got a, a couple listeners uh, already here and me and matt um y'all be able uh, be sure to check it out um are you on spotify and apple music yeah apple podcast and spotify both of them gotcha Nice awesome. podcast, man. It's yeah, Apple whatever, podcast, man. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, okay, Kyle. Let me ask you this: Spotify <laughs> or Apple Pod? Which one's better? Oh me, oh my. Um, <laughs> I would probably say Spotify. Let's go. But I have app. But listen, I listen to podcasts on Spotify, but I listen to music on Apple Music. So See, I'm the I'm complete kind of opposite. Like- I listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts, and I listen to music on Spotify now. Um, why? But why? Why really? separate them? I well, because I have a subscription to both of them, and I like some of my podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Really, the only podcast I listen to on Spotify is Joe Rogan, because of course you can't get it anywhere else. Um, but you better watch your mouth, though, because like eighty percent of our listeners are on Apple Podcasts. So you better, you know, tone it down. You're gonna piss some people off. Okay, listeners, I appreciate you. I don't discriminate platforms. I just have a preference. Sounds like you discriminate. 
I don't. No, but I also I would like to uh, shout out your stepdad, Kyle, uh, Mr. Mike. Uh, he was one of our first and uh, biggest fans of our podcast, and that's kind of how we got to know about you. Uh, I hadn't heard about you before. This has been two years ago now uh, when you were playing your last year of high school ball up in Arkansas. And before you had, I guess it was before you had committed, I think is the first time we started talking about you on the podcast mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, and then, of course, we kind of followed you throughout and then and then coming here. And, of course, that was all Mike interacting with us uh, on Twitter mostly and, uh, you know, keeping us updated on your uh high school career and, 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 and then coming to play for us here. So that was really cool. Uh, getting to, getting to know him and kind of getting to know you through him, even though we hadn't talked to you at that time. So, uh, then we got to come and see you play for us this year and it's just been a great experience, the whole thing. Yeah. So just big, wanted to uh, shout out, shout him out. Full circle moment right yeah. here. Yeah. Appreciate you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully we can run into y'all at a, at a baseball game or two, uh, this spring. Um, I don't know what Matt's schedule is, oh. but that was one last out. question I had but, uh, before we get out of here. I want, yeah. want one last question. I know we listened to your podcast. Uh, uh, you started out as a baseball fan, of course. And like when we started this, I am a bigger baseball guy where my co-host is more of the football guy. So like we kind of balance each other out and we both know enough about the other thing to kind of, you know, keep the conversation going. But uh, I wanted to ask you because I actually did get a DM from Mike last year. I think y'all were at one of the baseball games that I happen to be at and we never got to meet up, uh, but I wish we would have, and we will at some point. But I was wondering, your first experience at the Dude, do you remember the games that you were at the first time you actually got to come to the Dude? And was it the uh, the old Dude, or was it the new Dude? And just like, if you remember kind of your first thoughts when you got there, and, and you said that you know, you're a baseball fan, and that's, that's kind of why you started watching Mississippi State at first was, was baseball, so I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I do. Rem- I don't remember who we were playing, but I remember the night. Um, it was it's definitely the new dude. Okay, I never got to experience the old dude. But after that night, you know, just seeing people get together, and once again, like I said, I was not a baseball guy. I thought it was boring, and to see thirteen thousand people come together for a baseball game, I was like, okay, these these people know what's what's up. Like, if they can support baseball, imagine what they do with other sports. You know, that was when I was back in naive and didn't realize that Mississippi State is a baseball school. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, if these people, 13,000 of these people show up for this crap, imagine <laughs> a football game on Saturday, how many people show up, you know? Yeah. So that's really was like my first couple thoughts. And then, you know, my first thought was, man, I'm going to come play soccer here. And then that got shut down real fast because there is no guy's soccer team. Yeah. I was like, well, okay, I'm going to have to take a different route to get here. And I wasn't good at bat. I wasn't, I was okay at basketball, uh, but I wasn't definitely not good enough to play at Mississippi State. And baseball didn't play, so that's out. So really, that just left football because you can't play volleyball, which now I guess I could if I really wanted to just say that I'm, I'm a woman. and I play, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could have played soccer for that matter, too, you know? I uh, don't. No, I like it just. Uh, SEC just Player of the Year probably play. have like. 90 goals <laughs> i know then i'd get yeah then i'd have to go play for the women's national team and whatnot and then i'd get kicked off that because i actually put my hand over my heart oh yeah none of that on the really bad, you, know? you didn't you didn't take a knee huh uh, no no good there oh, i'd get i'd get super kicked in the chin 
So it's probably it's probably my best interest to keep playing football for now. Uh, we'll see if volleyball opens up down the road. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's all. Awesome. Stick to football. Yeah. No, I I think you're pretty good. Uh, glad to have you. Uh, glad you have. Glad to have you going forward. And glad it all worked out with the new coaching staff and that you're you're feeling at home and that that's really good to hear. Absolutely. Uh, no 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 better place to be. No other place I'd rather be. Absolutely, man. Well, Kyle, we appreciate your time. Y'all go check out his podcast, uh, Kicking It With Kyle Ferry, on both platforms, Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, This is your boy talking dogs. We'll see you later. See ya.